0: Again, friends, and welcome on into another glorious victory installment of the SCO show. Mark Schofield back in the big chair for today, Monday, November 15th, 2021. Friends, that was a very impressive win. The Cleveland Browns, 5 and 4, the New England Patriots, 5 and 4, playoff type atmosphere down in Foxborough. Critical game for both teams, playoff implications for both teams. And the New England Patriots absolutely take care of business in blowout fashion, pulling away from the Browns by a final score of 45 to 7. An impressive win all around. We're going to talk about it from a couple of different angles. In the second half of the show, like we do after each game, we dive deep into Mac Jones in the passing game. Very impressive game from Mac Jones. If you want to get more Mac stuff, I did a three-throws video of him on Twitter already. Mac attack for Pat's pulpit. The video is posted on my YouTube page. The the post will be posted later at Pat's pulpit, but you can check that out as well. I dive into eight-throws from his game, some of which we'll talk about a little bit later. But a very impressive game from Mac Jones. We're going to talk about him. We're going to have two odes. It's been a while since we've, we've had some odes, but I've got two in store for you. So we're going to do all that. But first, the usual reminders. Please do follow along with the hijinks on the Bird app at Mark Schofield. Check out the work, USA Today's Touchdown Wire, Matt Waldman's RSP Quick Game Podcast, Big Blue View, Blue and Green Nation, Pat's Pulpit, Blogging the Boys, all sorts of various places where you can find the work. Let's start here. The Patriots. They are the object in the rearview mirror. They are. The AFC is wacky. The AFC is wide open. You look at the standards for the AFC right now, and I, I think you can make the case that, yeah, right now, Tennessee Titans are the best team in the AFC, right? They have the best record. They've had a very impressive run of late. They've gotten to eight and two, and here's who they've played. their past five games, right? Buffalo Bills. Made it to the AFC Championship game last year. Everybody expects them to be a playoff team. Kansas City Chiefs, obviously a lot of hype about the Chiefs. Maybe they're back. The Colts, who are making a little bit of a run in the South, the Rams and the Saints. They've done that and they've got an injured Derrick Henry. They've been banged up on both sides of the ball and the defense has some issues. And they keep winning. So, yeah, sure. The Titans. You look at them right now, arguably the best team in the AFC. You know, but you look at the AFC North, Ravens lost this week. Steelers have a tie against the Detroit Lions, Bengals, you know, they lose. They're on a bye. Now you get the Browns at 5-5. You look at the South after the Titans, yeah, the Colts are 5-5. You look at the West, 6-4 the Chiefs, 5-4 the Chargers, 5-4 the Raiders, 5-5 the Broncos. Chargers have a loss. Against Minnesota, there are some questions about their offense. Bills at six and three. Patriots right there at six and four now. So as I said, they're the object in the rearview mirror, and I wrote a piece about that over at USA Today that went up after the game. And yeah, a lot of it. You look at the defensive side of the ball. You look at the defensive front. You look at the contributions again from Christian Barmore, from Matthew Judon, from Kyle Van Noy, from Lawrence Guy, from Dont'a Hightower having him back. Their ability to do some stuff up front has put them in a position to become, as we're seeing, a zone coverage team. And the numbers again from the win over the Browns, a lot of zone coverage. Evan Lazar, who's been tracking this a lot, they were nearly 70% zone coverage again this week. 23 of 33 pass attempts were against zone coverage for Cleveland. Now, some of it might be game script. Some of it might be situational dependent. But they're the zone coverage team right now. And it starts with the guys up front. So they're the object in the rearview mirror. They're coming. And in typical Bill Belichick fashion, you have a Patriots team getting better as we get into the holiday season, getting better in November and December, figuring things out, and in the piece that I wrote over at USA Today, which I'd invite you to check out, I got a lot of quotes from Belichick to that issue, talking about how early in the season you're playing with different combinations, you're doing some different things, you, you take some time to figure things out, and then you put it together. And so they are the object in the rear view mirror. Let's talk. I, I mentioned we have, we have two odes. We have two odes to give out today. The first one is for Josh McDaniels. And... Patriots fans, generally speaking, NFL football fans, generally speaking, sometimes the offensive coordinator, not the most popular person in town, particularly when a a team is struggling. But going into this game, obviously you're you're concerned about Miles Garrett. You're concerned about Genevieve Clowney. You're concerned about some of the things they can do up front. I thought Josh McDaniels had a fantastic game plan in this one. And I think you don't need to look much further than the first drive of the game. You know, because let's let's revisit that moment, right? Cleveland, they get the ball first, New England wins and defers. Cleveland goes right down the field, long march of a drive, something like eleven plays. They get it on a fourth down, touchdown. They're up seven nothing. Okay. You come out of the gate, first and ten run, no game. second down tried a little reverse screen look only goes for two yards you get into third and eight you get into third and eight and if you go three and out to start this game give the ball back to Cleveland in decent field position Cleveland are having already built a seven nothing lead and now they get a three and out a dream scenario for them a nightmare scenario for you nightmare scenario for you And Cleveland shows pressure on this third and eight play. They mug it up up front. You bring the back in. Brandon Bolden has a sniffer alignment, but then they drop. They drop seven into coverage. They play zone coverage, just cover two basically. But Jones reads it out perfectly well. Finds Hunter Henry on a little curl, sit-down route. And you get the first down. That was a critical first down in that moment. But it wasn't the first third down conversion of the drive. Just a couple of plays later, you get a third and six. They show the mug look again. They blitz this time. And what's interesting about this play is they go quick game. They go outs to the left side with Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne. They go slants to the backside with Aguilar and Myers. And you get the cut block just enough on the edge from Isaiah Wynn to slow down Garrett. Jones has enough time to hit Myers on the slant for the first down. We'll come back to that cut block in a second. But you get a nice 13-yard run from Rondae Stevenson. And a guy that we're going to mention a little bit later, Kiel Harry had a nice block on that. Eventually, the play you get to that everybody wants to talk about, second and six on that open and drive. This is the Miles Garrett sack. Patriots run a dual quick game concept. Again, it's just outs to both sides. So you've got Aguilar, Hunter Henry on outs to the left. You've got Matt Lacoste and win to the right running an out. And then Jacoby Myers running an out. Just... Four out routes, two to each side, Brandon Bolden in the back, sitting down. Ball's on the left hash mark. They try to cut block both pass rushers, Clowney off one edge, Miles Garrett off the other. It's a three-step concept. One, two, three, ball has to come out. When Jones hits his drop depth, all the routes are basically covered. The corners are playing off on the boundary out routes, Jones opens to his right. Perhaps he likes that matchup better. You know, on the left side, you've got Ward. On the right side, you've got the rookie, Newsom. Maybe you're figuring, look, you'd rather throw Myers working against Newsom than Aguilar against Ward. You take the better matchup. Problem is, that's a long throw. Left hash, right sideline, even on that speed out. That's going to have to travel some distance. And Newsom is staring it down. And so when Jones hits his drop depth... Sure, he can throw that. Newsom is in a position to pick that. I'm okay with him not throwing it. Jones then tries to reset his eyes to perhaps throw that little check down route to the back, but the problem is, Miles Garrett did a very good job evading the cut. Wynn tried to cut him. Garrett, very athletic, good contact balance, uses the left hand to evade the cut, stays upright, and he gets home for the sack. So now you're in third and long. You're in third and 13, You're still in field goal range. So, okay, maybe you take a field goal, worst case scenario. But they come up with the screen. And this was a great moment to call screen. You've just gotten the sack. They drop into coverage, but you get the convoy of blockers working uphill. You get David Andrews working upfield. You get Ted Karras working upfield. You get Shaq Mason working upfield. Brandon Bolden catches the ball. There's two defenders near him, but three blockers in front of him. Makes a cut to the inside, and you get a huge gain. And then they're able to finish the drive with a touchdown. I thought that drive. I thought this game. Josh McDaniels did a very good job calling plays against the Cleveland Browns. He also did some stuff, you know, on the edges. He got win some help. You know, you're worried about... You know, Miles Garrett on the edge, you get him some help, you chip, you bring the backs in, you run some formation into the boundary stuff with him, you get some cracks on him. Just a very good job at sort of helping against Miles Garrett. Another great example of it is a completion to Bourne on a third and five, eight thirty four marker, the second quarter, something I'll talk about a little bit later, I think. You keep Bolden in, shade him to the back, shade him to Garrett's side, he helps win. You know, you get that sort of two-on-one, allows you to keep a very good pocket. And so we get our first ode. It's for Josh McDaniels. Just a, a very good job in the play calling, play design realm. Our second ode, Nik- Nikhil Harry. And, you know, say what you want about Harry from, uh, has he lived up to his draft expectations? Has he lived up to the draft position and sort of standpoint? They're asking him to take on a role as a run blocker right now, and he's doing it extremely well. Second and five on their open and drive at the New England 47-yard line. Inside run with Ramondre Stevenson, and you get Nikhil Harry, David Andrews, working a combination block to the second level to take on the safety who's down in the box. Play goes for a pretty big gain. Play goes for nine yards, and it's in due part to Harry and his willingness to come downhill. You look at some of the other big runs in this game. There's Nikhil Harry. Little flip toss on a third and one in the second quarter. Stevenson goes for 18 yards. You get Harry, little crack block, down on a defender in the box. That freeze wind to pull, he gets to the edge. You get a nice edge, you get a good seal uphill, and you get a huge run. You know He was drafted with the expectation that he's going to be a big wide receiver for this team. He's going to be a big part of what they do. They're using him to block. And he's handling that role, role with ease. Now at some point you'd like to see him again contribute in the passing game. But I think Nikhil Harry deserves a ton of credit for what he did as a blocker on Sunday and what he's been doing as a blocker the past couple of weeks. And so those are some odes, Josh McDaniels, Nikhil Harry, hat tips all around, gentlemen. Up next, we're going to talk Mac Jones. We're going to dive into what I saw from Mac. That's ahead here on episode 219, a glorious victory installment of the Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 219 of this go show. And it's time to talk Mac. As I mentioned earlier, the Mac Attack Week 10 video is already up on YouTube, my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash C slash Mark Schofield. Keep it pretty easy for you to find it. And I dove into eight plays from Mac Jones' day, but let's take a step back. 19-23 for 198, three touchdowns, no interceptions, his first three-touchdown day as a professional quarterback. And as we've seen the past couple of weeks, you know, the the Chargers game, there were some questions. You know, people thought it wasn't a great game, but you dive into the film, and I thought he did some really nice things. Obviously, the Panthers game, that was a defensive win, but still there were some moments where he made some good reads and decisions. I thought this was a very impressive game. And you're seeing him sort of attack downfield a little bit more each week which is also very impressive. You know, this week alone, intended air yards of 6.5, which, you know, it's in the bottom third of the quarterbacks this week, but Teddy Bridgewater, 6.2, Ryan Tannehill, 6.1, Justin Herbert, 5.7, Dak Prescott, 5.6, Tom Brady, 5.1. You know, it's not like he's this full-on check down Charlie that people sort of thought he was early in the season, and which, frankly... He kind of was earlier in the season. But I want to talk about a couple of plays from him. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, that third and eight on the open and drive. That was a great read and throw. They show you that mug look. They show you that blitz package pre-snap. But they drop into zone. You read it out. You hit Henry on the curl. Good placement. The timing, the rhythm, the anticipation on it a very impressive throw in that moment. The touchdown, the first touchdown to Hunter Henry, zero blitz, zero blitz look. He has to read it out, he has some pre-snap cues, but that was a beautiful throw. I know it just goes into the books as a 3-yard touchdown, but the placement, the trajectory, the feel for that throw is extremely impressive. Another play that I loved Third and five, 834 marker the second quarter. They motion Hunter Henry on the right side into a stack with Jacoby Myers. Myers goes vertical, Henry on a crosser. Then you've got Aguilar outside, Bourne in the slot from the left, working crossers as well. Cleveland shows you too high, but they drop one of the safeties down into the blocks. Grant Delpit into that sort of one lurk, one robber, one cross type role. Jones does a couple of things that are fantastic on this play. He takes his eyes and he looks to the right side to Myers, and that sort of gets Delpit to bite on that. So then he brings his eyes back left to pick up Bourne, and he's moved Delpit a bit with his eyes, but because there's some pressure around him in the pocket, he has to slide with his feet. So he can't throw it right away, and by the time... He's ready to throw. Delpit has realized that Jones is looking back to the other side, so he starts to get under that route. So Jones throws it into the secondary window. If he tries to throw it, you know, think of it from Delpit's perspective, right? You're that safety. You're looking at the quarterback. If Jones tries to throw it to your right, the direction you're sliding, you got a chance to make a play on the ball. That's that primary window. Instead, he throws it into that secondary window. Now, away from the direction you're sliding, sort of to your left and behind you, throwing Bourne open into that secondary window. Just a beautiful throw. Then there was the touchdown to Kendrick Bourne. And the beautiful thing about the touchdown to Bourne, you don't need me to explain it to you. Matt Bowen... Now at ESPN, former NFL defensive back, you know, football coach, talked about how that was a throw into an aggressive window, a tight NFL window that you've got to make, that you've got to attempt if you want to be a good quarterback in this league. Nice concept. You got a three receiver concept with Bourne on that post. Myers runs a little out and up, tight end goes to the flat. Backside, you've got Aguilar and a crosser, and you've got that post safety, Josh Johnson the third, who's very good in the middle of the field. And he's reading your eyes. And you, if you want to throw that, you got to rip it. And he ripped it and he put it in a good spot and Born one up to get it. Just a beautiful job, all around. Receiver, quarterback. That's the kind of aggressive throw you have to be willing to attempt. It's an appropriately aggressive decision, right? But I also think this is a second and five play. Early in the season, week two, week three, when we're all talking about A dot all the time, A dot over everything, as the one and only, my boy Ben Solak likes to say, he probably checks it down to Henry in the flat. But instead, he rips this into a tight NFL window and he makes it work. He sticks it in there, and Bourne does a great job of going up to get it. Next play I want to talk about, the completion to Hunter Henry. Second and five, 8.51 mark of the third quarter. Hunter Henry on a deep corner route, right hash to left sideline. One of the best throws I've seen from Matt Jones in the past two years. This is a tough throw. This is that Carl Scott scholarship throw. You want to win? You want to beat us? Make this throw. You've got a, def- a linebacker trailing him in coverage. You've got an underneath defender as well. You've got the sideline you've got to contend with. You've got all this stuff you've got to deal with to make this stick throw. And he puts it just on the money. But perhaps my favorite of all of his throws was the third touchdown the short little in cut to Hunter Henry. Because of the manipulation. You've got two underneath defenders. You've got Smith, the linebacker. Harrison, the strong safety. They're in cover one down there, the goal line. Linebacker's going to be underneath hole defender. Then you get the deeper help defender in the middle of the field. Jones opens to the left. Slides those two with his eyes. Comes back. Rips the short little in cut puts it right on Henry between the 8 and 5 for a touchdown. That's the manipulation that matters. That's the kind of manipulation you have to do with a quarterback if you're going to make that throw work. If you take that snap and take your eyes right to Henry in the slot on the right to throw that, the linebacker's going to make a play. That safety's going to make a play. Instead, he has everything. Everything is set up to throw to the left. Eyes, feet, shoulders, hips, everything. The hallway is set. Because on the left side, you've got born to the flat, in-cut from the middle receiver, Jacoby Myers, in the trips, and then a fade from Aguilar. Everything is telling those defenders he's throwing to that trips. Whether it's the out-cut, the in-cut, the vert, the fade, whatever, he's throwing that way. No. The hallway is set to throw left, then snaps it all back, Eyes, hips, shoulders, feet, sets the hallway and rips the slant. That's what you want to see. That's what you want to see from a young quarterback. That's what you want to see from a veteran quarterback. And here they come. Here come the New England Patriots, right? All the past couple of weeks sort of been built into this moment, right? Build into this moment. Now you're at 6-4. and four. And you've got an opportunity to get to 7-4 on a short week against an Atlanta team that, yeah, you know, they've got a good offense. They've got some weapons. Bill Belichick is going to talk about them a ton. He's got, he's already been talking about Kyle Pitts. We'll talk about Kyle Pitts Wednesday, believe me. But you've got an opportunity to win that game on the road short week. Then you get a mini buy. Get ready for Tennessee, which by that time, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, right? But Tennessee at 8-2, You're at 6-4. You get a win this weekend. You get to 7-4. Now Tennessee plays Houston, so I don't think we're going to get an upset there, but that could be a massive litmus test. Home against Tennessee. And then the big one before the bye at Buffalo. There is a world in which the New England Patriots are 9-4 headed into their bye. There's also a world in which they're Six and seven. I mean, it could happen. But we are in now mid November, and the Patriots seem to be playing their best football yet. They seem to have figured out their identities on both sides of the ball. And I think if you would have been told back in August, hey, after week 10, they're going to be six and four. Now, if one four straight, Mac Jones will throw his first three touchdown game in a big win against the Cleveland Browns. We would have all taken that in a heartbeat, right? I think so. I know I would have. So exciting times for the Patriots. Exciting times to see this team develop, this rookie quarterback develop. People like me that were yeah, a little bit on the fence about Mac Jones. He shut us up for now. So it's been fun to watch. That will do it for today. I will be back Wednesday to talk some Atlanta Falcons. We'll be talking Kyle Pitts. We'll be talking a man we know well, Mr. Patterson. We'll be talking Matt Ryan. That's ahead on on Wednesday show. Until then, friends, enjoy this one big win um until then friends stay safe check on your neighbors check on your want- loved ones please 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 check in on, on neighbors on loved ones um yeah i mean i'll just sort of leave it there um wash your hands and when you do sin along bless those patriots reigns